everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? Buy-in, buy-in. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Below Springer. For your industry, by your industry. If you have a salon website, then you're probably somewhat familiar with the term SEO, or at the very least, you've probably heard it before. SEO stands for search engine optimization. And in a nutshell, it's the process of getting traffic from the free, organic, or natural search results on search engines such as Google. Now, digital marketing moves fast. And for the less tech savvy, learning about how to market a website the right way can seem frankly quite daunting and just another task on the endless to-do list that comes with running and managing a salon. That being said, it's not uncommon for salons to turn to SEO tactics nowadays to boost organic visits and just overall online exposure. Consumers today, salon goers included, navigate the world through search and search results. So from reading reviews to making bookings, the internet tends to be their first stop. What we have to make sure of is that your salon pops up right there at the top of the results and that most importantly, you're attracting the right kind of traffic. So in today's conversation, we'll be exploring the basics of SEO, discuss how search engines index web pages and content, talk about keyword research, link building, as well as page and content optimization. Digital marketing is something that as a business owner, you shouldn't overlook. So whether you're going to do it or you're going to uh, hire someone in-house or you're going to get a consultant or whatever the case may be, you have to uh, engage the subject uh, because your competitors are. Uh, Marketing, like anything else, is is a trade. So you have to, you know, you have to throw yourself into it if it's something that you want to do on your own. What we do is when we come in and we onboard a client is that we take their campaign that they're already doing with social media and repurpose it and use it for their search engine optimization campaign. So it's not like you have to do one without doing the other. We want to make sure that every time that we create content, it pings Google. Hey, Google, I have something here. Come come check it out. And so that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that Google is constantly aware that we're doing things online. On the show with me today is Eric Seropian, SEO specialist and the president of This Is My South Bay, a digital marketing agency located in LA that specializes in helping small to mid-sized businesses gain exposure online with a variety of digital marketing strategies. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Eric. Welcome to Forest FM. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, Very grateful for you to be willing to share your expertise on this topic. Um, First of all, how are things? How you been? The last time we spoke, I think, was maybe about a month ago already. Wow, it's been a month? I think so. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great. I'm excited for this conversation because I feel like it's one of those topics where it's hard not to be um, using the jargon and stuff. And and I guess I set that to you as a challenge on the for this episode. And I was like, we're going to have to be very visual. We're going to have to like relate this back to, to owners a whole lot. So I guess my first question is, um, before we get started, as you know, from working with Mediaesthetics and Spa Clients yourself, how do you go about defining or explaining what SC SEO is in a non-jargon slash technical way? Sure. So SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. 
So basically, let's say I'm looking for a med spa, for example, mm-hmm. and I type in med spa in my city, or I just do Botox injections or whatever I'm looking for. And you'll have on the search engines results page of Google, Yahoo, Bing, you'll have the top a, a couple listings of websites that are what is called sponsored mm-hmm. and the bottom, which is sponsored. So they're paying to be uh, in that real estate in that area there. Now, that fat middle where there's 10 on a page is uh, organically listed. That's basically Google um, looking at the user and what they're searching for and finding a website that it thinks it's a good match and matching them up and saying, user of mine, I think you'd like to meet this website. So I think you two should meet. You should go from uh, Google to their website and see their services and see if it's something that you like. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, that's 10 on a page. Um, the process of getting ranked on those for the, for the keywords that uh, services that a company offers is called search engine optimization. So you have to do some things to get Google's attention, to get in Google's good graces, to be able to get ranked for those keywords. Right. I guess my my fear is here and i'm sure you'll have the answer for this um is that 3 years ago when we started rebuilding our marketing suite of our product in forest we did a lot of interviews with owners and we're asking them you know why like how often do you do marketing why are you not doing it more often because we know that that's what really helps you know get clients back in more often spending more generating referrals and all that and what would come up time and time again was like marketing tools are too difficult to use which i could already hear people you know potentially saying about seo um i don't have time uh, i don't trust the roi i don't know what to talk about um i'm worried i'll annoy clients and i'm already using tools like social media and stuff Um, so have you had any clients tell you any of those things and how do you bring up the importance and get people on board to take care of their SEO essentially? Well, you said a lot there. So let me, let me, uh, backtrack by saying that, um, digital marketing, um, is something that you, as a business owner, you shouldn't overlook. Mm -hmm. So uh, whether you're going to do it or you're going to, uh, hire someone in-house or you're going to uh, get a consultant or whatever the case may be, you have to uh, engage the subject uh, because your competitors are. And so uh, we found in research that uh, the prospects that are actively searching on a search engine to find something, they're towards the end of the funnel as far as making a purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I never suggest to stay away from, you know, other ways of marketing online, you know, email marketing or social media marketing. There, there is a way to uh, work all of them together and weave them together into a marketing campaign. For example, you can take a lot of, um, I find a lot of med, spa, med, med spas, they'll do mostly uh, social media marketing. Yeah. They're big on Instagram. Uh, and let's say Facebook is second, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we do is when we come in and we onboard a client is that we take their campaign that they're already doing with social media and repurpose it and use it for their search engine optimization campaign. So it's not like you have to do one without doing the other. Right. So that's, that's a, you know, something to keep in mind. As far as marketing tools being difficult, uh, marketing like anything else 
is is a trade. So you have to, you know, you have to throw yourself into it if it's something that you want to do on your own. Without the marketing tools, it's difficult to figure out, you know, what keywords you're ranked for, how difficult those keywords are, what's the search volume for the keyword, and all this data that you need to make a business decision. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as I think you said, having time, yeah, you ha you have to. Again, there's going to be two two different types. There's the one that wants to do it on their own, yeah, and there's the other one that wants to. You know, just have somebody do the work and then look at the reporting, see what's working, what's not working, um, you know, and, and things like that. Yeah, the joys of outsourcing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The uh, thing that you, I think you said about uh, not trusting the ROI. Now, we've run into that a lot. Mm. Um, we, we have uh, a number of uh, clients in the med spa industry. Yeah. And we have a lot of clients in the just the overall healthcare industry. And so, yeah, we run into that. Sometimes, depending on the client, how, uh, uh, you know, depending on their, their, what campaigns they're running and so on, what we do is we, we say, okay, you've been in business for 20 years. You have your website ranked for particular keywords. You're doing some email marketing, some social media marketing, et cetera. So what we're going to do is we're going to, Uh, set up a separate campaign on the same website. And so when the phone calls come in, we can track the phone calls that came in from our work. Gotcha. If somebody did a form fill uh, on your website asking for pricing or to set up an appointment, we'll, we'll be able to designate that, that that lead came in from our, uh, our work. And so that makes it a little bit of an easier exercise to see at the month that they spent X number of dollars for marketing with us mm -hmm. and they received 25 phone calls and 30 form fills and, you know, uh, 50 chats, uh, you know, people asking questions on their, on their chat. And so that way they can say, okay, we made X number of clients from, from, uh, uh, from this campaign. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Are we going in the right direction, the wrong direction? The thing that a lot of, uh, marketing companies do is they say, You know, we're going to do this many social media posts and we're going to do this, this many blog posts and we're going to charge X and we're done. Yeah. And so there are different ways to, to, to work with a marketing company. And yet you have to be, you understand that we get a lot of companies that come to us and they'll be like, okay, we want to do a program where we can keep track of the phone calls and keep track of things. And frankly, sometimes if we feel confident in the company, we'll do the work and we'll just charge for the phone calls that come in. And so that way they know this month they got 30 phone calls and let's say they spent $100 per unique phone call. So they spent $3,000 and out of those 30 clients, 10 of them became uh, clients out of the 30 phone calls or five yeah. of them or 20 of them, whatever the number is. And they can do ROI and, and uh, see if it's worth it. So unlike other ways of advertising, because back in the day, I used to advertise in a newspaper. Right. And I didn't know what was going on. And sometimes they would rip out the ad and show up six months later saying, do you still have this item? With uh, online, it's almost like a laser beam. You could, you could, um, you know, you can lock in on the audience that, that you want to work with and you can see the phone calls. You, you know, there's all kinds of amazing data. We can show our client or our clients can go on things like, uh, you know, call rail or, SEM Rush, Ahrefs, there's all kinds of platforms out there that will give amazing reports on what's happening. 
I think the last concern, if I'm not mistaken, is you said that they don't want to annoy their clients. So yes, there are ways that you can annoy them. Uh, one way being that, you know, on social media, if you post 10 times a day, at some point it's overkill. Uh, you know, if you do it every day, you know, every hour, every whatever, it just gets to be too much. And uh, you have to make sure that you, you leave your, you know, your audience in a, in a certain comfort zone. Uh, sometimes people are not comfortable giving reviews. Mm-hmm. So you can't consistently be asking for, for re- reviews. Um, my my uh, best ROI always is email. So when we get, when we grow our email list for our clients, you know, we have, we have let's say we have a client that has uh, a following on Facebook. Yeah. We want to entice those people also to go, our, go to our website and subscribe to a weekly, monthly um, email blast. And so we want to be able to have everything under one platform. And I'm always big on email uh, because it's the biggest ROI. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you don't know today, you know, Instagram is popular and maybe five years later it won't be. So it's good to have your audience in different places. So if something happens, um, you know, the website is yours and those email addresses are yours. That's the, that's the thing that's yours. Sometimes I've had situations where um, a client has been uh, um, uh, rejected from Facebook or something happened and their account is on hold. And so in that case, you still have your campaigns going with your, with your website. Yeah. And it's great because, um, I mean, in terms of the email part where you're saying, you know, you own your data, not only that, but when you do email marketing, first of all, just the, the, the segmentation, you know, being able to target and speak to very different segments of your audience is like key and you're not playing blind chess against algorithms. So yeah, there is, there's definitely advantages to email. I'm not surprised, um, that it is the one that gives the best return on investment that you've seen. Um, I would like to dive into, I guess, a bit more around keyword research, because you've also mentioned that. Um, so what does it mean? How does it help like people figure out topics, angles, maybe styles of content? And do you have tips for doing that maybe for free, um, you know, that aren't too complex to get started with? So uh, I'll stick with the SEM rush example. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, what it is, is it's a tool that... Um, you, you put in the website address in the search box, almost like Google. Right. And you say, uh, tell me about this website. And so it'll tell you the ranking for that uh, website. Let's say it has 100 words that are ranked in the top 100 of Google. It'll name the keyword, the average monthly search volume, which position that uh, website is ranked for on Google. Mm-hmm. and the competition level and some other metrics going forward. And so that way you can take a look and see, first of all, your website. Like we just onboarded somebody last week where what we do is we, uh, we, we look at their website, we do an analysis on their website right. and see which keywords they're already ranking for. And then we ask them to give us maybe another 30 or 40 keywords that they're not ranked for that they would love to rank for. And then after that, we ask them for anywhere from on the low end, five, on the high end, 15 to 20 direct competitors. And we run that same reporting for their competitors. And you'll be surprised when we put together the list of competitor keywords, um, 
how many of them will come back and be like, oh, I didn't even think about that keyword. <laughs> you know, that's, this works so good. We, I can't believe I, I forgot about it or didn't think about it and, and things like that. So it's always good to see what your competitors are up to. Yeah. Especially the direct ones that are down the street in, in local businesses. And so you can, you can put together that reporting uh, and, and make a business decision at that point. Now, sometimes there are keywords, like back in the day, I, I always use this example. I used to be a jewelry designer Okay. before I got into digital marketing. It's an it's a interesting pivot. Very, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. I'm laughing still talking about it. It's been many years. And so one of the mistakes that I made when I started to, as I was learning SEO uh, and I was using it on my own website, um, I went after the keyword jewelry and gold and diamond. Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, you have no idea how difficult it is to rank for those keywords. There are the Tiffany's and the Cartier's of the world. And there are the Zales that are, that have a thousand stores in the, in the United States and some in Canada. Um, it's very difficult to rank for that keyword. And frankly, on some whim, if somehow I got ranked on the top 10 for those keywords, jewelry, am I looking to buy jewelry? Am I looking to sell it? Am I looking to appraise it, repair it? Uh, what, what is it? And is it a, a watch? Is it a diamond ring? Is it a wedding band? There are so many subcategories that when they come in for jewelry, I probably don't have every category of jewelry. That they're looking uh, for on the website. It's just not realistic. Yeah. And so what we did was I give the example of we went after the keyword. Uh, one of the keywords was, let's say, men's diamond platinum wedding band. And so it's a longer tail keyword. It's very specific to what we had. And we had a landing page for it and we had a, a good selection of uh, that product. So let's say jewelry gets, I don't know, 10 million searches a month that keyword might get 200. But guess what? I'm going to get a percentage of those keywords when, when, when they search for it. They're going to come to my website and there's going to be my conversion rate is going to be much higher. And yeah. so we have to do that work because you just end up killing yourself trying to go after keywords that probably you're not going to land for. Even if you had a 10,000 square foot office full of optimizers working for you for that landing page, it's just going to be almost impossible. And so you have to pick the battles that you can win. And especially on local, you know, if, if let's say a, a med spa, you're not looking to be, if it's a local business that has one to 10 locations in a particular uh, part of the state, you don't need, like, let's say I'm in Los Angeles. If, if I'm doing a med spa campaign for the Los Angeles area and somebody comes in from New York or Texas or whatever, it's worthless traffic because you're not really going to be flying in from Canada or from whatever to Los Angeles to every time to get, you know, a Botox injection or, or something like that. So you really lock in on your audience as far as what they're searching for, the neighborhoods that they would be coming in from and making sure that a lot of people overlook this first step and they're flying blind and it's difficult to uh, impress upon your audience how important it is to do this initial research. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the other question I have here is you mentioned repurposing content from social media 
for campaigns that have to do with SEO. How exactly does that work? Like if your clients are, say, very active on Instagram, how do you repurpose that for um, for SEO and being um, found in those search results with those keywords? Sure. So a lot of times if we're repurposing, um, it could be a video that they have. Uh, you know, we can take that video and we can put it onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. We can take that uh, YouTube video and create a blog post and embed the video onto the blog post page. Right. And once we once we create that blog, we can actually transcribe the video so that some because we're all. Uh, we all take information in different ways. Some of us like to see it. Others like to read it. Other people like to watch it. So we want to hit different senses to be able to make sure that uh, the user is taking in their information the way that they want to take it. Now for us, when it comes to SEO, we want to keep them on our website, on our client's website. We don't want them to, we don't want to say, Hey, go over to YouTube to watch this video. We want to keep them on our website. The main reason for that being is that uh, there's something that your audience, if they have a website, they should definitely have this. It's a free tool from Google. It's called Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. So Google, what it does is it, uh, it reports, it keeps track of uh, where the traffic is coming in from uh, geographically or from what platforms they're coming in from. Uh, how long they're staying on the site, how many pages they're going to, et cetera. There's all kinds of metrics that I could spend all day explaining. So like literally down to you ask them, you know, is it coming in from mobile or uh, desktop? It'll tell you, okay, you're getting 80% of your traffic from mobile. And here are the different uh, phones that they're coming in from. And it'll lay out like, you know, Samsung, XYZ, whatever the thing is. And then you got out of your 10,000 visitors this month, 19 of them were from that. Like it'll lay out literally, um, you know, where they're coming from. And so uh, we want, what we want is when the visitor comes to our website, we want to keep the visitor on the site uh, to, to eventually convert. But in the case of this conversation, um, time on site is huge for what Google is looking for. So if we take a step back, what Google is trying to do is it's trying to deliver the best possible search result to the user. That's their, uh, that's where they start. Uh, other search engines have come and gone before them and they've been more uh, advertiser centric. Right. And Google's big thing is that they want to make sure that the user is happy because if the user is happy, then they're going to, uh, the advertisers will find Google. And so then that's exactly how it's worked out. And so what happens is, I'll give an example. Let's say, for example, I own a, a med spa and somebody comes in uh, for, for the keyword med spa Los Angeles or laser hair removal uh, near me or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they come to the website, they go to Google, they Google it, they find my website, they come to my website um, and they stay, let's say we got 100 visitors today from Google. And an average visitor uh, uh, stayed three seconds out of the 100. Let's say 95% of them, 95 of them came and within three seconds they left. Yeah, that's not That's great. a bad metric for Google. Yeah. So Google's going to rethink it that maybe this website is not a good match for this keyword. Maybe I shouldn't rank it. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep track of it to see if it wants to take away that ranking 
or give you more ranking. Now, inversely, if we, if we have the same exercise and we had 100 people come to the website from Google for that keyword today, and let's say 95% of them stayed for over two minutes. So now Google's going to look at that and think, okay, this keyword in this website is a good match. Mm. Now let's keep that ranking. Let's take it from number 10 to number five. And then let's introduce a couple more keywords and let's sit back and see uh, what's happening. So ultimately the users are indirectly voting. (laughs) So when you can keep them on the website with video, with content that they're looking for, um, that's going to help your ranking. Yeah, well, let's talk about websites, actually. Um, you know, like it's we, we all know it's really important to have the service page, the, the booking page about us. Everybody like everyone has that now. Um, and I know that, you know, you've just said, well, it probably is a good idea to have a blog because that's what will help people also, you know, stay longer on the website, maybe find, you know, answers to their questions. I suppose what what kind of other ways can you make your website stand out in terms of like the pages that you can add to it? to help those customers stay on? Sure. So you want to make sure that, um, and I always urge clients to look at their competitors to see if something feels right to them because every industry has its own flow to it. Um, And sometimes it even differs from different uh, locations. And so you want to make sure that the uh, customer user journey is a good one. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you see where you go on a website and you'll go down the funnel, you'll click on their uh, certain pages and you'll get somewhere and you'll click on contact or some, some page and it'll be a broken link. Yeah. Or you want to go back and, you know, the, the time has expired and that's a broken link. And so you want to make sure that the website is, first of all, uh, functioning properly. Um, as far as how the layout goes, I think that that's, um, you know, a branding exercise. We, what we try to do is we try to figure out the, we want our clients to tell us, you know, I'd like more laser hair removal uh, clients and less IPL clients. Or, uh, you know, we'd like more Botox and less this and more that. So we try to position the, the pages so that the services that they really want to get those are what, what are leading the category pages. And how do you optimize those pages with the keywords that people are looking for, if that makes sense? Sure. So th- there's different kinds of optimization, but we'll talk about the, the optimizing those, uh, you know, any particular page. So one of the big ones is if, let's say, for example, I have a blog on my website and I decide to write uh, about your med spa and how wonderful of an experience I had, or, you know, uh, I've been there and, and I think it's great and everything. So I write an article about your website yeah, and I create a clickable link from my website pointing to your website and I can have it go to your homepage. I can have it go to a particular page that is important to you. Let's say you, you, you're big on Kybella and we want to have a lot of links pointing to your Kybella page. And so that way, Google's going to look at that and think, wow, there's uh, 200 links coming into this website. There's about 65 of them coming to the Kybella page. And, you know, that's important because when we're getting links coming into our website, that's almost like uh, 
it's adding authority to us in the eyes of Google because mm-hmm. you know we're, we're pointing, we're saying this is this is a, go check out this website and making a clickable link from our website to theirs. And so the pages that are important, we want to make sure that we get links to them. Secondly, um, let's say for example, there's Botox. You want to create pages under the uh, subject of Botox and link it within your website back to the main Botox page. Like let's say, uh, how safe is Botox? And you make a blog post about it and then you link it back to your uh, Botox page. Or on your blog, you do a, a discussion about uh, are Botox injections good for migraines? And you can link it back yeah. to your uh, Botox page, and etc. So the more links that are pointing from inside of your website to the main page, if you're, let's say you have uh, 20 pages that are pointing to your Botox page, that's going to show Google that that's a main page. And so that's going to be a higher optimization score for, for that page. Gotcha. And the links that you were saying, you know, that um, external uh, businesses, it could be like a newsletter or, um, you know, anything like that pointing to your website. Also, do you have any tips? Have you helped any um, clients in the past generate those, I suppose, links, that coverage? How, how do you go about that aside from like the, the, the classic one? Like if you've won an award, you can send out a press release. How do you go about generating those links? Because I feel like that's something that people will tend to have that like, how do I even start, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's a difficult subject because, uh, you know, where do you start exactly? So uh, what we do is, for example, there's, uh, let's say I'll go back to, and I have nothing to do with SEMrush or Ahrefs or any of those companies. It's just, you know, an app that we use. So you can um, use these apps to see, let's say, your competitor, where they're getting links into their website from. Mm. And so we can look to them and we can see, okay, they're getting links from these places. Um, Some of these we don't want to get links from and others we would love to get links from. And so you can reach out to them and you can ask them, hey, uh, you know, I'd like, I wrote this blog article. Can you put it on your website? Um, I'd I'd love to work with you and, and start a dialogue with them. Gotcha. Uh, that's that's a that's one way to do it. I can spend hours on link building because it's a it's a big part of SEO. Because the more websites that are pointing to you, to your website, the more like I said, more authority you're going to have. Another way to do link building, which is not as powerful, but it 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 takes hold after a while, is when you go to relevant directories that are online, and you uh, create accounts with with uh, with that directory if there's a small business association in your area you should be a part of that mm. you want to make sure that it's geographically uh, aligned um, or it could be that, you, that you're both in the same small business association or the same club and you're talking about each other type of a thing so there has to be some something that's tying the two of you together would it work the same way with any type of like forums or groups on Facebook that are dedicated to, you know, anything that's related to the hair and beauty industry, really? Well, if you're on, let's say, a Facebook group yeah. and somebody get, does a shout out or something for you or shares on Facebook, it's not necessarily going to help your uh, link building mm-hmm. for Google. So that's a different exercise. 
even though uh, Google is watching your social media campaigns, um, we can talk about that also, but you know, I never say to disregard social media. We have to keep social media going because Google's watching that also. Yeah, they all work together at the end of the day. That's the thing. Um, I guess aside from the things that you can directly control that you were listing there, you know, on your website, on your Google business profile, because you can optimize that as well. Um, how else can you get ahead of the competition? Like, do you have any simple te technical tips for someone who isn't currently on top of their SEO game listening to this episode today? Being like, okay, well, these are my first five action points after this. I think the first place to always start is, um, is your website, quote unquote, optimizable? So um, if we keep in mind that uh, user experience for Google is huge. So if you, mm -hmm. if you go from Google to a website and it takes you 10 seconds to load that website, that's not a good user experience. And a lot of times... We leave that website, we go back to Google, we don't even remember what that website was. We remember Google for sending us to that website that we had a bad experience. And so we wanna make sure that the website is uh, functioning properly, the, uh, that you have your pages tagged correctly. Sometimes, you know, uh, people I've seen, they upload a picture. And so on the alt tag, alt tag is something that Google can't read pictures, so you have to tell them, this is a syringe or this is a med spa, or this is a waterfall, whatever it is, you have to tag the picture. And so a lot of times, um, they don't even tag the picture, so Google doesn't know what the picture is. And so you have to make sure that your page is properly uh, tagged and optimized correctly, that you don't have broken links within your page, that it's mobile friendly. Mm. So once that's done, you're ready to roll, uh, you should make sure that uh, you've done your competitor research and you've done your website research for the keywords. And then you're ready to move to the third, which is to start to create content for, your, uh, for the keywords that you want to go after. So if we stick with the same example of Kybella, you want to rank for the keyword Kybella, there are different uh, keywords that you've done research on that have the word Kybella in it. So you could take from your social media something that you did a month ago on Instagram talking about Kybella and create a blog post around that. So you start creating some uh, content. Right. We want to make sure that every time that we create content, it pings Google. Hey, Google, I have something here. Come, come check it out. And so that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that Google is constantly aware that we're doing things online. The fourth, I would say, is... Um, uh, the link building, which is probably a more difficult task for your users, so they might put that on, on, on the side, but you have to eventually address it. And the fifth um, is reputation management. Yes. So we want to make sure that we're getting our Yelp reviews, we're getting our Facebook reviews, we're getting our Google reviews on a consistent basis. I, I've had this happen so many times with clients where we tell them, okay, we need to do reputation management. And they've never done it before. So they have a list of 10,000 clients on their, uh, in their, in their system. And they do a 10,000, uh, email blast to their clients saying, thank you for being with us. Um, can you give us a review? So let's say they don't have any reviews the last five years. And then let's say in September, they get 400 reviews and then they don't get any reviews for the next three years. That mm -hmm. doesn't look organic to Google. 
So it has to be a consistent, and, and this is something that is done through strategizing, um, to make sure that there's a consistent drip of uh, reviews coming in. And so that, that's yeah. huge because I could say all the nice things about myself, but if you say something nice about me to someone that knows you, it resonates much more. Absolutely. Yeah. The power of word of mouth. Um, I guess my last question, and thank you so much for uh, listing out those five, five things. Um, how would you qualify the ROI for SEO? Is it a like short term big gain kind of thing or a long term steadily increase in gains? How, how do you sell it to, to your clients? It's the second of the two, uh, because what we have to keep in mind is for the most part, uh, Google has already ranked somebody else for the keywords that we want to rank you for. So they've already taken that real estate. And so we have to prove to Google that we're a better fit. And that's done through some of the things that we talked about. And one of the main ingredients in digital marketing, and I think in life, consistency. So the example of the Yelp reviews where 400 comes in in one month and nothing before and nothing after, yeah. that is not what Google considers as an organic and Google's watching that. Google's watching Yelp and Facebook and uh, Google reviews. And so whether it's link building, whether it's content creation, everything needs to be done consistently and feed it up to Google so that they can um, index it in the search engines. I have uh, many clients that come in before their season, whether it's Mother's Day or whether it's uh, Christmas or whatever, and they come in and they're like, okay, it's the end of October, I need to do an SEO campaign for Black Friday. And it's just, that's not how it works. We, we can't uh, prove to Google how, our worth in 30 days. You know, it's very difficult to do. And inversely, you know, when we have a client that we've put in the time and we've gotten the ranking for, for that particular keyword in that territory, it's difficult for someone else to just spin up a site and in 30 days compete with us. Because we have built that infrastructure in the eyes of Google that, you know, let's say we, we've consistently uh, been receiving Google reviews or Yelp reviews for the last two years, and we have hundreds and hundreds, as opposed to somebody goes and gets 300 overnight reviews. It's just not the same, and it's not the same with link building. And so it's difficult for a competitor just to come in and uh, take over that space. And so we have to be cognizant of the fact that we can't just take over that space either. It takes time for us to um, be able to get that ranking for those keywords that are really going to convert. Which makes sense because it takes time to build authority, even just in, you know, in real life and build your reputation in like, you know, in a physical space in a salon. So it's the same when you're looking at it online, really. Exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's absolutely great. And um, I really, really appreciate you um, making this so simple to, di to digest also, because I know that, you know, sometimes... These things are so much easier when you show it, you know, when you're like on, say, for instance, SEM Rush and you're seeing all these things. But I think you made a very, very good um, visual kind of understanding, made it very Thank visual you. to understand, I guess. Um, so my, my last question for the day, aside from, um, you know, understanding how can people find you online, is that thought starter question I was telling you about earlier before we were recording. And today's question is, if you could go back in time what would you like to change about your education? 2020 was the year consumers changed their habits, supporting local and buying online. Online purchases increased by 50%. 
social media influenced 55% of those decisions, and 70% said they'd buy online again. So this begs the question, how well did your salon adapt? The good news is, Forrest now has an online health score calculator. In less than five minutes, you can get your own bespoke report with tips on how to improve your online marketing, social media, online reputation, and salon website. Take the assessment today at forest.com slash online hyphen health hyphen score. Well, when it comes to, I think when it comes to my digital marketing education, yeah. I would force myself to be a little bit more of a programmer. To this day, when I start programming, I, I, I just check out. <laughs> and so I have people that, you know, build websites and do the programming. And when we run into something, I have, a, you know, a team of people that, that do that. Um, but I feel like uh, I should have probably, if there's one thing, it's that. But if I went back in my time machine, I, I still think I would be, my eyes roll back and I just find myself, you know, not as excited as I am about the marketing part. Hey, it's encouraging for any any owner out there, you know, thinking the same way about marketing. But maybe it's just, you know, the the push to help them um, embrace that digital marketing aspect. And if there's really something that you don't want to do, you can always outsource it. Exactly. I feel like the story. <laughs> yeah, I feel like sometimes people, you know, they feel bad because they can't do something. Yeah. And, you know, it's I sit across from doctors sometimes that they're like, ah, I should know SEO. And I'm like, no, that's not your skill set. You know, that's not something that you've spent your time trying to learn. And frankly, tech moves pretty quickly. So what you knew, you know, uh, 36 months ago, some of it might be irrelevant. So either you're in it or you're not. So, you know, uh, we all have things that excite us and we have obligations and we have, you know, only so much time that we uh, that we're awake and we have to prioritize what we want to do and what we're able to get around to and what we can outsource and and sometimes if you don't have the time, you don't have the money, obviously, you can't get it done. Yeah. Well, Eric, thank you so much for all of these insights. Uh, I know that This Is My South Bay is based out of L.A. If people want to get in touch with you uh, or even just reach out online, how can they find you and how can they do that? Sure. So uh, if they go to my website, thisismysouthbay.com. Um, if they want, they can put in their website address and their email address, and we'll send them a free um, SEO report on their website. It'll show them, Amazing. you know, how many keywords they're ranked for, which keywords, search volume, all that, all that good stuff. It's a free report. If they have any questions on uh, search engine optimization or want to get into a conversation, they can click on the book now button and book a 15 minute free consultation. And we'll jump on a call or a Zoom call, uh, whatever they want, and uh, answer any questions that they have. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I'll have that link in today's show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you uh, being you. here with me today. And uh, I hope we talk soon. All right. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about online reputation management, we just so happen to have an ebook you can download for free that'll be linked in today's show notes. For any additional information regarding SEO in particular, please feel free to reach out to Eric. He'll be delighted to hear from you and help where possible. Um, to learn more about how we can support you at Forest with features like the online reputation manager, we'd be delighted to meet you on a demo, which you can book in for with the link that's also in today's show notes. 
Don't forget that you can always head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch up on the show's transcripts, subscribe to the email newsletter. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this conversation or the show in general, we're all ears. Email us at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this episode, why not pay it forward and share it with a friend or a colleague and tag us in the post. Your continued support is truly what makes this show possible and it is always greatly appreciated. On that note, we'll catch you next Monday. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.